It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Utah Jazz come from 15 back to defeat the Brooklyn Nets and win it in clutch form behind their fabulous defense as well as super offense and a lot of interesting storylines. We'll get into all of them coming up on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by the store at 600 South and 20th East, also located now at the Gateway and at 9th South and at 100 West. Stop by, enjoy the great mudslide cookie. Nothing better after a win. Frankly, nothing better after a loss. Also, have you tried one of those yet? Uh, I think you've let me have one or two of those. Yes, you you have. All right, Ron Boone. Let me, before I give you all my thoughts and dominate conversation like I always do, let me get people want to hear from you. What do you think on this one? I really think this, David. I think the bench really helped win this basketball game. I think, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the third quarter, uh, we needed the ball movement. We needed guys to, to get the defense scrambling to the point where they could they could score. And I thought the bench, Moutier, uh, I thought Jeff Green, I thought they were the ones that really got the ball rolling and got things going and ended up winning the ball game there in that second half. I was scoring about 20, 66 to 46 to 45 or something like that. Jazz were down 15 at the half. They just were off all night. The offense was off. They weren't moving the they weren't moving the ball at all. Uh, I, I was kind of dismayed by the fact they were driving and shooting all the time. They weren't playing with their eyes out. We saw a noticeable change of that in the third quarter. And then we just saw what a team has got to start believing in itself. They've done this a few times, right? They, they're down 15. They came back and win. They won the Milwaukee game. They won the Phoenix game. They are showing a, a ability to play in the clutch. It's pretty impressive. Well, it, it's impressive because the offense is very, very good, but the defense is great. And so when you have a defense like that, you have to think that, you know, eventually uh, we can get back in this ballgame and, and, and win it. Uh, it was very impressive, uh, especially at the beginning of that third quarter when the Jazz started to make that run. I was scoring the 31 to 24 in that third quarter. But it was the defense and the Jazz getting out and run that got things going. The Jazz win this one over Brooklyn. Final score, 119-114. They outscore them 35-22 in the fourth quarter. And there were some interesting aspects of this. Ben Anderson brought it up on our postgame show uh, today, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and that was the idea that they rolled with Joe Ingles instead of Royce O'Neal late. I wondered. Joe was 0 of 6. He wasn't shooting well. And Quinn still went to his guy. Well, he has a lot of confidence in, in Joe. I mean, Joe's been very, very good all season, all, all, all last year in, in clutch situations. So Quinn was going with what, what's, what he thought was best. And obviously the, um, uh, the play, the fact that he didn't score really didn't make a, a, a big difference. It was the way he was able to handle things out there on the floor. The Jazz able to pull this one. What are you laughing at? You got my headsets on and I have yours on. Is that what's going on? <laughs> That's the reason you're. Oh, is that why I'm fiddling with them? Is yeah. you have we have the wrong headsets on? Yeah, absolutely. If we let's see, so if I do that, then you're louder, and then if I do that, I'm better. All right, now wonder. All right, thank you, Ron. Live, never. We have the same ones. Um, let's go late game. They miss nine of their final ten shots. We score on. Uh, I think five of our final six, six of our final seven possessions. Rudy Gobert defense. Really, the final five minutes, I, I think Green and Moody are really important. We'll get back to them. The final five minutes of this game is what makes gives this team a chance to be great. Yeah, think about that. Now, just think about those five, last five minutes. How many times did they get to the rim? I mean, I don't think they got to it other than well, on offensive follows, right? A, a follow-up there by, by uh, Jordan a couple of times. But other than that, they did not get to the rim. 
So that was the key, I think, forcing them to shoot the, 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 the perimeter shots. Uh, and they're good at it, and they made a few, but you know, it kept them from getting to the rim. It's, it's, and then Kyrie's about 58%, you know, he, he getting to the, when he gets to the right. basket. And he, he did not. He was 3 of 8 tonight. I mean, this is a classic night to me of where the impact of Rudy Gobert. Someone looks at this shock chart tonight and says, oh, Kyrie, 10 of 30, he had a bad night. He had a bad night because Rudy Gobert took away his seven easy shots at the rim that he usually goes 5 of 7 on, and he goes 2 of 7 or 3 of 8 on those instead. So if you add that, instead he goes, th- if he goes 13, 14 to 30. No one's saying he had a bad shooting night. This is the essence of what Rudy Gobert does to games. Yeah, so it's whenever you, you see that, okay, Rudy only had one block shot, it, it's a big difference in in guys going to the basket and having to shoot over Rudy uh, and or shooting trying to shoot around Rudy you know those type of things and and uh, just not shooting a high percentage shot so that's to me that's as good as the block and 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 believe me all coaches are very much aware and of where Rudy's at on the floor I think we're watching this team learn as the season goes on a little bit, Ron. So this team tonight played a drop big style, which everyone in the league's doing. They hugged the three point shooters. We've talked about it a lot. The Jazz are the second best catch and shoot team in the league, but they're taking the third fewest. And and we watched them just. And I'll admit, I was really frustrated by it in the first half. We we're just falling a sucker to it. And and really, what we're, what it is, and I, I think I totally understand it. It's we have a bunch of number one options who are so used to getting in the paint, and if they're open, they're supposed to shoot. And then by the end of the night, you've taken no threes and all mid-range jumpers, and you have the exact opposite of who we've ever been, which is this totally efficient shooting team. Well, all of a sudden in the third quarter, we saw Mike Conley get in the paint, look around, kick out. Boyan Bogdanovich, who missed a wide-open Donovan Mitchell in the second quarter, found someone third. That's how Jeff Green got some of his shots. That's how some of these guys – and then Emmanuel Moody did his own thing. We'll talk about that in a second. But I, I saw this team get better offensively tonight. Well, uh, I totally agree with you there, David, because one in nine from the three-point line, I think, in the first half, and they ended up with a ball game six out of 26. So they were able to get up at least 16 three-point shots here in the second half. That's still brutal shooting, and they are able to win. Here's the big one, though. Let's give them defensive credit. Brooklyn had not won a game. Lamar Skeeter had the scout. He told the guys Brooklyn had not won a game this year where they didn't make 16 threes, and they only ended up with 11 after having five in the first quarter. Yeah, and they got up their normal 37 three-point shots a ball game. It just did not. They made some big ones here tonight, but they didn't. the the the, the number of their that they're used to, they just was unable to come up with 11 for 37 for 29%. Somebody asked Quinn Snyder today in the in the pregame uh, press conference whether he was pleased with the scorer that Emmanuel Moutier brings him off the bench. And Quinn stops at, I want him to be a player, not a scorer. Tonight, he was a great scorer. He was a little bit of a player as well. But he did bring the Jazz something with just the ability to score on that, in that second unit. It really makes a difference, doesn't it? And, and again, he, he, he did use him. I mean, he rode him uh, and, until the amount of minutes that he needed to have his starters back out there on the floor. I mean, he can be an asset to this team. Uh, the way he plays, you, Quinn knows that the, the, his style. So he can be a big asset coming off the bench for this team. Question comes in from Daniel about how it's nice to win when the defense is not playing as well. No way we won this game last year. Gobert's learning to score. Moutier was great. I think that's true. It's another one of these wins they get. The defense actually end up holding them two or three points below their season average, which is really actually pretty good. What jumps out to me about that, Ron, we did that all last year to Houston, the other good offensive teams. Brooklyn's the third-best offensive team in the league, and we didn't have enough offense to catch up. Even when we had good defensive games, we didn't have enough offense to get there. We did today. That's the reason those numbers of – uh, if you're the number one defensive team in the league, that offense has to be better than it was last year in order to be a championship-caliber team. And I think, 
and I don't think, I know, that we have the potential, we have the players, we have the shooting, and we have the coach to, to, to get within that range, within the top ten offensively. Jazz have got a little momentum. They're now 8-3. and three. They've won four straight. On behalf of Ron Boone, I'm David Locke. This has been a great deal of fun. Thank you very much for tuning into Postcast. I love how the audience is growing every time. Super appreciate you tuning in. Have a great night, and thanks for tuning in. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.